I emailed a client that I'm going to be increasing my costs. And they were like, okay. And I was like, wait, did they read my email? Yeah. Even though they said, okay, I sent the invoice. And I was like, Ooh. yeah. And they sent me the check and I couldn't believe it. Whatever I charge now is what I feel comfortable with, with money coming into the business and I can pay my staff and pay whatever expenses the business have. Um, so it, there was a lot of things that went into my pricing. Yeah. And I'm really comfortable knowing that the, the care that I provide for my clients is top-notch. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with serial entrepreneur Chanel Farron, CEO and founder of Windsor Home Care Co. and Go Jetters Travel. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber. David Bradford. Reporting from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Hi, Chanel. Hi. Wagwan, everybody. Wagwan. That's uh, my Jamaican. Yes. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hell awesome. yes. Like, let's start there. You grew up in Jamaica. Yes. All my life. I've been in Vermont now for three years. Three years. So I came straight from nice warm weather to cold, cold Vermont, but I would not want it any other way. I love it. Oh my God, my (laughs) heart. So tell us about, I mean, that's, first of all, I didn't realize you were only here for three years. That's amazing. And I'm really glad you love it. Um, Tell us about what you were like as a kid. Like you have now three businesses. Like, were you always the kind of kid that was like out with a lemonade stand? Not a lemonade stand, but I was always the stubborn kid (laughs) and not wanting whatever my mom would say, this is what you're having. I would look at it to say, that's not going to work for me. That is, I'm not going to fit or that's not going to fit. So we were always fighting about me saying, this is what I want. So I was also a a track star and soccer player growing up. Um, And then I went into nursing. I couldn't do it anymore because nursing was really hard. Yeah. So I had to stop playing soccer and then I went into nursing. But I was a stubborn kid. Yeah, so you like wanted to create your own solutions yeah, for my stuff. Own, my own things, like not just taking whatever is like, this is for you. I wanted, that's not for me. This is. <laughs> I never me. would have like used the word stubborn. Oh with, yeah. With with you and now now my head's sort of like struggling to like <laughs> this picture I have. So let's. Um, what attracted you to nursing? So growing up. My cousin was my best friend. She wanted to be a nurse. And we used to all, we grew up in the countryside, so we used to always catch insects and dissect them. What? But then she wanted to be a nurse, and I started looking into it. You were like an anatomy nerd? Yes. Oh, my God. And then I did sciences in high school. I did agriculture, integrated science, and I did really well. So it was just. I was already on the path, and then I liked, uh, in Jamaica, all the nurses were full white suits. It was just like, that's what I want to be. So that's what kind of, you know, I was attracted to the old professional um, look of it. And then I studied science, so it was easy also, like, once you're a nurse, you, you know, growing up poor, like, okay, this is this was a way out of poverty for me, so being a nurse would be, I would I have a short salary coming in, a short job, so and also to help my family to get out of poverty. So it was like that for me. Like I needed to get out of this. I needed a change for myself, and I needed to help my family. And nursing was a way for me to do it. So do you think did being a 
like a high school athlete help you kind of stay on track to get there? Yes. Yeah. Um, stay on stay track. On track. Damn, Damn it. Oh. I'm so uh, You can sorry. do better than that, Sam. Come on. Oh, Please Apologies. don't leave. It's shorted. Don't leave the state because of that. I'm so embarrassed. What a dork. God, I thought we were going to nail this one. I know. It definitely did. Um, I, at like ninth grade, I was slipping a little bit. But then I think soccer. we all slip in a little bit. <laughs> but then soccer kind of pulled me in because you need to be disciplined. You yeah. you train every day, and you also have to keep good grades to stay on the team. So if you wanted to play soccer and to travel all over the country, you had to maintain your grades so you don't mm-hmm. get kicked off. So that re- really pulled me in to you know stay on track with my schoolwork. I stopped doing track and field in ninth grade because now it wasn't the cool girl sport. <laughs> You know, <laughs> soccer was because you're a soccer player, and when you win a game, you walk into old school is cheering for you. So I was like, I'm cool right now. I'm not running anymore. I'm playing soccer. So that definitely kept. Um, I calmed down and stopped being the crazy kid in school for a little bit, and then after a while, um, I really looked at my path. So school, then immediately after school, it was nursing because I really wanted to get out of my community and, you know, move away. So I was really focused on that. Of that. And obviously your son got your soccer skills. So Yes. He said, I want to play soccer. And you know you don't want to, as a parent, push a sport on a yeah, kid. Yeah, yes. And when he said soccer, whew, You were like, I'm fine. It's fine. I, I was celebrating <laughs> silently. I was like, yes. Of course, do whatever makes you happy, but it better be something. If you have all the gifts, cleats and a ball and a net. Oh, Mm. I went wild with. We only have one one. cable station, mom. (laughs) I know. World Cup. (laughs) Oh, well. So you have three businesses, is that correct? Yes, I do. My God. Um, (laughs) Well, let's start with Windsor Home Care. So um, is it true that you started this after caring for your own mom? Yes. So the idea for Windsor Home Care came from caring for my mom. So she was diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2012 and multiple surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation, eventual. She lived for six years with the diagnosis. But after all that treatment, like major surgeries, now the doctors are like, there's nothing else we can do for her. So they normally send patients like those to like an hospice to get comfort care until they pass. But we realized my mom, my mom was a farmer, very active person all her life. So having her in a facility locked away with people who she don't know. And if they say, oh, she has six months. So might as well. We took her home and say, well, if this is your last six months, let's stay at home with it. And we started, we changed her diet. Um, she had all of her siblings, all the grandkids. She had all her animals with her. So just the change of environment, she made a complete 360 just from the change of diet and just doing wow. like walking her, taking her to the beach. We yeah. live close to the ocean and giving her the things that she loved. I think just that alone allowed her to live one more year wow. on top of what the doctors gave her. They couldn't believe it. So since then, I've been having this idea of doing private home care for seniors who 
you know, don't want to go to nursing homes because those places will take the life out of you on top of what you're already dealing with health-wise. Yeah. So I came up with the idea of wanting to do that for other families when my mom passed. But in Jamaica, it wasn't the right place because we don't have nursing homes in Jamaica. Like, Mm -hmm. we care for our loved ones at home. Yeah. So it's either you're in a hospital or you're at home. Right. And if if you're in a facility... It's an auspice facility to say you're getting comfort care until you pass. So it wasn't the right environment. And then moving to Vermont and looking at the the landscape of, you know, the pop it's a very it's an aging population here. A lot of nursing homes. I did work in the nursing homes, in the facilities here for one year. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to, you know, see to look at things that I would not want to do for my agency and things that I would want to improve for my staff. Because I was working with an agency that was, did not take care of their staff. It was, you work and give us the money. So I was burnt out for a year, but it was all in good cause because I was looking at, I'm not going to do this. Learning. I was learning, building connections with these facilities, which I did. Um, Just looking at things that I want to do differently so and smart. It paid off really well. Wow. And, yeah. and what, so you identified the market opportunity, yeah. right? The need. Yeah. And how did you know it could be turned into a business that would sustain and scale? Because, you know, getting paid for services so is tough. And, yeah. and I don't, you know, how did that sort of come about? It's like, oh, this is good. This. It was, like I said, working in the facilities and seeing the need. It was there always need of staffing or just caring for the clients in the facilities. They would say, I would prefer to stay at home. So right in my head, I was like, okay, so if I can provide staff for people to stay at home, then that could work. I also provide staffing to these facilities, but it's not like my major thing. Mm-hmm. My major thing is providing staff to keep to, for them to age in place because that does improve their quality of life. So just looking at that, just by talking to them in the facility, saying, okay, this will work, and doing tons of research and looking at Vermont and the, the population. And then there was, after COVID, a lot of people left healthcare because it burnt. I did quit nursing after COVID. Understandably, right? Burnt yeah, out. I quit after COVID, but I didn't want to walk away from the healthcare field. So I did something that was going to pay me and allow me to do more of what I love in a flexible way and I have more control over it. So a lot of people left, so there's still a need for caregivers, but I'm just doing it with a little different twist and also making sure that um, staff retention is a priority for me. People are being paid well. Yeah. Um, very flexible work environment. It's not like backbreaking or um, it's because I, I went through some stuff and I don't want to put people through that again. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really great. You're able to do that for your yeah, employees. I, How many folks do you have out working for you now? I have eight full time employees and four part time and clients. Um, I don't remember, but I have quite a bit that people, I can I give eight 
people seven days each week. Right. Yeah. So they, they handle multiple. Yeah. Or, or or I have clients who just need one-on-one attention. Like yeah. we go in 12 hours every day to be with them, take them for rides, take them to go shopping, just doing the things they love that families can't do because everybody's busy. So yeah. that's what we do. And sometimes it's 12 hours a day, eight hours, 24 hours. Some of our clients require that the staff lives with them. And in that case, I have three or two or three staff doing on and off. So if a staff prefer to stay five days with this client, then they go five days staying there. And then for the weekend, I have somebody else going on the weekend so they can get, you know, days Great. off yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Wow. And how have you, you know, I there's obviously a huge demand um, for folks that will do that type of work. How have you found your team and how have you, I mean, obviously you're putting their wellness first, yeah. which I'm sure word gets around. <laughs> so um, how have you done that? Just, you know, especially not having been here for very long. So when I started um, Windsor Home Care, it was just me just doing it. I started with one client. I worked with the client the year before through an agency Mm -hmm. and, you know, I shared with the family my dream of starting and they said, whenever you start, just let us know. I was like, okay. So I started and I sent them an email. I'm like, I started, they're like, okay. And they did something amazing for me. They knew that starting a business is hard because they're business owners themselves. And within that first six months, you need income for your business to stay afloat. So they did me a favor for, of bringing their parents to Vermont in May instead of July. So I could have a client starting June until October. So my business had income. Like I kind of hit the ground running with that one client. And I did, I was living with the client. So it's a 24 hour care kind of situation, but it was perfect for me because I was able to just be there, have money coming into my business. And then a friend of mine, knew that I had the business and said, I have somebody that I think would, you know, work well with you because I now I needed a weekend or a few days uh-huh. off. Yeah. So I started with, you know, I reached out to her. We connected and started working with her. She's Jamaican as well. And she was heaven sent. Aww. She's been working with me since I started. She's still working with me now full time. And yet word gets around. She tells, yeah. like, she's like, you should work for her because you're going to get paid well you don't have, it's not like a pressuring environment. So, you know, I started with her. She spread the word. I, you know, I'm just in talking to people and sharing that I have a home care company. People would recommend other folks and they find me on Google too and just send their things in. So, yeah, it's mostly word of mouth for my staff. Just my staff saying, you should come and work for this company because yeah. they're amazing. And I've had quite a bit of people from other agencies just like, um, let me know when. Yeah, <laughs> let me know when you're taking people on. So yeah, it's been just word of mouth for my staff. That's so great and so yeah. powerful. And I think it's one of the benefits of living in a sort of a small community like yep. Vermont. It gets it, it gets out. Yep. Um, so obviously, the nature of what you do is highly emotional, right? It's um, it's care for our loved ones and. Um, that, you know, figuring out your services and pricing as a business is hard already, but when it's something that's so highly emotional, it's even harder. So how did you kind of figure out that kind of logistical stuff when you were starting out, like how much you would charge and what services you would offer and all of that? 
So I, you know, working that one year in the field was good because I remember getting $13 an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was really hard. And then, you know, just talking to the facilities, like, and some of the facilities were really amazing. You know, I shared my plan and I kind of asked them, what would you pay an agency? And they said some agency charges them up to $100 an hour when it's like crunch time. So then and there, I knew I had a flexibility, but I didn't want to be greedy to burn a client. I wanted to be charging enough that I can pay my staff a well enough oh, salary yeah. and there's money coming into the business. I also look at the going rate. What's the market rate? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I... At first, even though I knew that, I started at a really low rate when I started because I wanted to make money. But then I kind of look at my services and the quality of care and time that I put into it. And I was like, I need to charge a little bit more. So I tried it. It was the scariest thing I've ever done. I was going to say, it's terrifying, right? I tried that. it. I said, I emailed a client that I'm going to be increasing my costs. And they were like, okay. And this was almost like twice. And they're like, okay. And I was like, wait, did they read my email? Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I was, even though they said, okay, I sent the invoice. And I was like, Ooh. yeah. And they sent me the check. And I couldn't believe it. And that just showed that they appreciated the, the care that I was providing for their mom. And ever since, I, whatever I charge now is what I feel comfortable with with money coming into the business and I can pay my staff and pay whatever expenses the business have. Um, so it w there was a lot of things that went into my pricing. Yeah. And I'm really comfortable knowing that the, the care that I provide for my clients is top notch. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you, you've got the quality. <laughs> you've got the you quality. don't need to humbly brag yeah. here. You can yeah. just brag. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. So, yeah. Um, what was challenging about starting out? Like... You know, having to get your own paycheck, <laughs> right? Versus yeah. going back to work for somebody else. I mean, yeah. it's it's not for everybody, right? It's it not. takes some bravery and some there are many stubbornness, maybe, right? Yeah. So, yeah. There were many quitting moments. Um, so starting on the artist part for me, I when I think when I was doing my business plan, I set it up where I did not need any kind of overhead to start. Because I was providing a service. So I knew that, okay, if I sell my services well enough, somebody's going to hire me and they're going to have to pay me. And one of the things I started doing was charging a one-week deposit. Mm -hmm. So I had, if I took on a client, at least I had that deposit to start. So if I need to travel, I was Ubering a lot at that time. I didn't have a car. So I needed a lot of money. Plus, I didn't have any income coming in from anywhere else. So... I started it, my business plan, knowing that there's not going to be any overhead. And I was able to sell my services well. So people were confident enough to pay me a deposit equivalent to a all week. Right. And then I had that money to, you know, pay all my expenses. And then I was really good at saving, you know, because starting out, you have to save. Like, what if they say in two weeks, we need our deposit back? So that deposit went into that first week expense, but that first week paycheck, I was really good at making sure it went back to 
deposit. So if at any time you covered it for yeah, the future. If, yeah, if at any time they say I want this money back, there was money in the account that mm-hmm. I could write them a check back. So it was hard. Like that first month of doing that and catching up was a little bit hard. But you know, being determined and wanting it, it was just that alone, knowing that after these first few months, it's gonna get so much easier. And it's been smooth flowing ever since I've been able to maintain that, sell myself, and also, you know, like not taking clients that I know is going to go against my standards and especially not sending my staff in a space where they're going to feel uncomfortable. I'm now able to decide, like, this client is not going to work that's, for me. And that's a big deal, right? Yeah, You're sort of I've, choosing your, yeah, your clients. Yeah, I've, I've done... You know, I've been in situations or met with clients where after doing that assessment, I said, this is not a good fit. And I'm, good I can you. I can walk away from it because yeah. I know I'm not going to be the one going there and I don't want to send anybody right. there. Right. If you feel uncomfortable there, yeah. like, I mean, that's leadership right there, yeah. right? Like making sure that your staff feels comfortable yeah. and taken care of. Yep. That's awesome. So are you currently hiring? I'm always hiring because... I get clients now, so I've been working um, with a facility. Well, I've been hired by the families to go into facilities like a assisted living facility. Oh, cool. Okay, yep. And I've built a really great relationship with the facility. So now they're referring like, oh, you need private care for your mom or dad, Windsor Home Care. So I always just want to have a backup of staff just in case because some weeks I have three new clients like, oh, we need a 24-hour shift, so I need two people to do that mm. shift. So sometimes I just need to be able to pull. So I'm always hiring. Um, I have a website, so folks can visit my website, and I have a form on it they can submit. Um, okay. Yep. That's awesome. Okay, wow. now we got to talk about business number two. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, on top of your full-time job that you have. Yes. Which I just I just found out. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so you have a travel agency. I do. Go Jetters Travel, which is one of my favorite business names I think I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I'm curious about how this started, but I'm also like, you started it directly before the pandemic. Is that right? Yes. My God. Okay, so give I us. It. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> this is a little really? removed from your typical area of expertise yep. with healthcare. So how did this come up? So growing up in Jamaica, you know, it's small t- country girl um, where we grew up. It's going to the city. Kingston was like a big thing for anybody. And I never got to go travel around Jamaica a lot. And one dream that I always had is to travel the world. Like, I want to be on an pl- airplane. I want to go to different countries. Like, I want to experience all that good stuff. So I remember in 20... November 2019... <laughs> no, October 2019, my mentor, Ashley McDonough, reached out to me on Instagram. So she was building Melanin on the Map. So she reached out to me and she's like, I can show you how to be a travel agent. I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, and then there were many, there are many perks with being a travel agent. You get so many discounts with everything. And she started showing it to me. I'm like, I'm sold. But this was October. COVID was coming. Oh my God. COVID was right around the corner. So I started it. I saved up, you know, 
200 US dollars in Jamaica is a lot of money because of the exchange rate, but I did. I saved it up. I paid for my startup and access to all the travel vendors there is in the world. And then I jumped right into learning about the travel industry. Then COVID came. My and we, it was a shutdown. It was really hard, but I used that time to learn about the travel industry and get um, certified with major hotel brands and destinations because they provide courses so you can sell the destinations. So I did all that research during COVID, which was amazing. Kind of perfect. It was you never would have had the chance, chance to do that. And I would have been just winging it. So I was yeah. able to study and get certified in made, like everything that I wanted to sell in yeah. travel. And then I came here and it was hard because people were like, I'm not sure if we should use you or book. Like, how do we know if you're real? Because I did not have an online presence. Mm. So then I got my website, which was pro professionally built, amazing website. And then I got amazing SEOs done. So now if you type in Vermont travel agency, GoJetters Travel will pop up. Yes. And most of my clients, I don't market GoJetters Travel anymore because, you know, because of all the things that I do. And it's like an obby for me. Yeah. So I, I have clients who I've started with that I book their trips everywhere they want to go. Kind of an ideal side hustle. It's perfect. And then I people will just find me on Google. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we have 20 people wanting to go to Europe for a week. Yeah, plan it out for us. Yeah, yeah. so flights, hotels, like everything. So I know I'm getting a nice commission from that. Yeah. Like, so those are my ideal Yeah, clients. like a big group. A big groups. And I do solo trip. I do everything and, and anywhere in the world. Like I book anywhere in the world I are you travel hold on are you traveling now like no that's, that's why you get in I was gonna okay I'm hustling now right yeah right. you're a like, mom you got three businesses yeah, so, yeah right. I don't travel but I plan travel <laughs> I'm not traveling right now because I'm like juggling a lot which is good because I have a early retirement plan okay <laughs> can, can I yeah jump in now jump is in that cool? sorry yeah, yeah. um I realize right now, after you said 20 people going to Europe, that being a travel agent is quite literally the thing I'm least qualified for in the world. <laughs> that like that the stress level, the heart rate that just elevated when you mentioned that, I'm like, oh my God, that sounds like my nightmare. That is my fit. Like when I get those inquiries oh coming in, I was like, oh yeah. Wow. You know, just this yeah, is good. good travels, like sort of a nightmare. Yeah, it's good for me. Yeah, no, you really you're like a therapist for the group and, yeah. and a, and a yeah. booking agent. I love it. You're listening to Start Here, a podcast from Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies. VSET is a public benefit corporation serving Vermont businesses from start to scale. We provide no-cost strategic business advising for any business owner, regardless of stage or industry, as well as venture capital for early-stage tech or tech-enabled businesses. You can find us online at vset.co. That's V-C-E-T dot C-O. If you like what you're hearing, please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast today. Now, back to the show. So how, I mean, okay, so Windsor Home Care, Go Jetters Travel, what's number three? Things from Yad. Things from Yad. Yes. And this is catering, catering correct? Yeah. 
which the best Jamaican food you'll ever. It looks so good have. that I started to look at the website and I had to just literally close it because I was like, I can't even look at this right now. Why do we, why do we tape these around lunchtime? <laughs> I, I just my head is out. In a- I know it's it's killing me. Like, okay, I first of all, I want to know just like logistically how you manage three businesses, a full time job, and a child. Um, so we can kind of get back to that, but tell me about how the catering started. So cooking is again, back to my childhood Yeah, in Jamaica, you have to learn how to cook, especially if your mom's a farmer. Exactly. I mean, at a very, like at a very young age, you're pulled in the kitchen with your mom and they show you how to cook. I'm not a chef, but I know how to cook really well. And all the Jamaican food there is, because that's what we eat. Like, this is what we eat daily. Um, So cooking for me is an escape. Like, if I'm stressed, I cook. Same. If I'm I'm having a hard day, I put on some dancehall or reggae music, and I cook some curry goat, and I'm, I'm okay. So that's how cooking came for me, and... I remember just normally just cooking and posting it on my Instagram. And people would be like, can I buy a plate? I'm like, I'm not selling food. I'm just cooking my dinner. (laughs) And then it kind of came, maybe I should sell my food, you know. Um, But then I was like, who's going to buy? So I started just cooking for my friends. And I I started offering weekly meals. So Mm -hmm. I cook a weekly amount of food for someone. They would pay me. And I'd cook five days worth of food. Oh my god! That went on. That went well. But then I wanted to expand, and the amazing VTPOC, they had their August kickback, and they asked me to cook, and of course I cooked, and that was how it really got out there. Like, cause a lot of people was at August kickback, and they were like, "Oh my god." Wow. What is this food? We've never had coconut curry chickpea. I was like, what? Yeah. And it was like, it started like that. Then I did some small caterings in between. And my biggest catering was Juneteenth of this year. I did over 400 servings of food. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. But it was like amazing. It was just being able to cook because people, I don't want to cook simp- like single plates. I don't have time for that. Yeah. And if I, if I start doing that, it's going to burn me out. Then I'm not going to enjoy cooking anymore. So I'm really picky with what I, who I cook and where I cook for because I don't want it to burn me out. I love cooking. Yeah. So Juneteenth was another springboard for me to bring my food to Vermonters. And we were supposed to be there like for two and a half hours. Within an hour... All 400 servings of food was done. Oh, my God. And I was packed up and out. It was. And I I think I everything on, on my menu I made that day. So people tried a little bit of everything. And then folks who tried it at the VTPOC events reached out, like, can you do a catering? Wow. I catered. For, I cooked my son's birthday party. Then I invited a few people. Of course, he's gonna have the best food. It's his. Yeah, of course. Your mom is a cook. Then a few folks came there and they're like, "Oh my god, can you do this work event for us?" So it's just been like word that. of mouth and yeah, word of mouth. And you can you can scale it up or down scale it up or down what the other yeah. businesses are, um, are yeah, doing. Right. Yeah. 
So that is it. Um, I have big plans for things from Yad, but right now I'm just, you know, yeah, slowly doing are you, it. Are you cooking out of, out of your home? I cook out of my home when it's a small catering, but my amazing friend Maria from Cafe Mamawana, mm, yep. she opened up her space for me. I'm like, I need a bigger space. And she'd be like, girl, come on. And she would come and help me and, you know, so... Really grateful for Maria from Cafe Mamawana so for cool. saying, here's a space, come and cook. And we would cook together. If she needed needed my help, I put on my boots and we go play music and cook. And it's just been like that. So I've been um, the VTPOC, very supportive. Maria and my friends, when it's a big, when I have big caterings, I'm like, guys, I need help. All hands on deck. Wait, wait, would come. And she's like, I'm good at cutting veggies. And, you know, and she would cut veggies. She, I bet she's pretty fast. And roll, right, roll right. the jerk <laughs> corn for me. She's good at that. So it's been really great just being able to call on my community and my friends for support with things from Yad. But like I say, I have big plans. Hell yeah. But slowly. And that must, I mean, I can't help but think that must really make it feel more like home too when you're able yes. to share that food. Yes. it's So things from Yad, in Jamaica, Yad means home. Hmm. And things from home, all the ingredients that I use in my food, I support the local shops and markets here to get like my goat meat or my mm. fish and whatever else I can get. My And then I order like my special seasonings come straight from Jamaica. Yeah. So it's, I want it to be as authentic as possible. The only thing I tone down in my food is the spice level. You know, I look at the... When, Vermonters aren't quite ready yet. Yeah. And sometimes they try it. Yeah. And they're like, we want it spicy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. You're like, okay. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, I mean, you asked for spicy, but I'm still not going to give you the real spicy. Yeah. So that is the only thing I change in my recipes is the spicy level. But I keep everything the same, like how my mom taught me how to, yeah. how to make it. I keep all of that the same. And it's been amazing just... One of my favorite things is when I cook and I see they take their first bite. Mm-hmm. Or you'd be in a, a room and everybody, it would just be so silent. You can hear a pin drop. Yeah. Or you could hear just mouth munching. <laughs> that is my favorite <laughs> Bowl part. scraping. Bowl scraping or yeah. like they're doing this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it, it just warms my heart because, yeah. you know, cooking and sharing food in Jamaica is a big thing. Like it's a big part of who we are. Yeah. My mom was... Every morning, we make this special tea in Jamaica from the cola nut. Mm -hmm. And my mom would make it at 5 a.m. in the morning before she would go off to her farm. And when we get up for a school, our outside would be filled with just people coming in for a cup of tea before they go to their farms. Mm -hmm. And same on a Sunday, we call it Sunday dinner. It would just be rice and peas and some jerk chicken or some curry goat or something. And my mom always made a big pot of food because she know, she don't know who's coming, yeah. but <laughs> we know we're going to get about 10 people Nothing's just passing gonna go through. Nothing's going to go to waste. Yeah. yeah, and it was just always just cooking and making people feel comfortable and just sharing. Like, that is me sharing. That is my love language, like yeah. sharing food is something that I hold really special to me. And even when I get paid to do it, I do put put a lot of time and attention in my cooking and making sure that it is not just cooking for the money, but yeah. you're really experiencing something that is 
that was built in me from like a baby, you know? So yeah, my food is really special. Wow. Um, right, well, consider us on the list. Yeah, I'm like catering. ready. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, we have to come up with an event. <laughs> <laughs> we have to build an event around your. Well, catering. Tina's going to make sandwiches. Oh yeah, yeah. Know, from uh, uh, and we I should say uh, VTPOC is the Vermont Professional of Colors Colin. Network. Well, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Just, and um, they're amazing. Amazing. Totally amazing. Um, what resources, um, if any, have you used? Uh, either in the community here in Vermont or back in Jamaica or some other place that, that helped you as a business owner along the way? So for me here, um, resources, I'm pretty, I'm a self-starter kind of person. And starting my business here was really scary. You know, immigrant, I don't know. I'm, I was scared of everything. Like, am I making the right choices? Um, so re- I wouldn't say I, I had access to or used a lot of the resources here available because I was just afraid. I just went ahead and did all of it myself. Like every little piece of my business. Every form or every business plan you mentioned. You my, I created that. It's a 32-page business plan. I created it. And then I sent it to my friends, Weiwei, and everybody like, can you just look at this and tell me, is it okay? So there were... I only, um, there's this organization here called the Center for Women in Enterprise. You know, they offer courses on business or just how to be a be an entrepreneur, and I did one of their classes. But everything else, I'm just always on Google, always researching, always trying to make something better, always, like, putting myself out there, talking, hey, this is who I am, this is what I do, just, you know... So yeah, um, that's do, do you sleep? I, I do. I yeah, I don't. I mean, we're we're. I'm a big. <laughs> really, don't lie. Come on. Do you oh sleep? no, I do okay. sleep. So, I one of the things I do <laughs> is plan, plan, mm. plan, and organize. I was never an organized person. I was never a planner. I used to always just go with the flow. Yeah. But I see a sign out there that says "Only dead fish go with the flow." And I can't re- keep, I can't forget it. Oh, here in the visa. Yeah, oh, in the yeah, visa. Yeah. Like, I'm not a dead fish, so I'm not going to go with this flow anymore. I need to plan or else everything is going to crash and burn. But all for Windsor Home Care and Go Jetters Travel, they're fully online and self-sufficient about 70%. Yeah. Um, so if someone wants to inquire about me providing service for Windsor Home Care, they visit my website. I use multiple softwares. I use like three soft softwares for Windsor Home Care. So from someone submitting a form on my website to it going into my client management system and it creating a file for them and letting me know I have a client and just me clicking a button to send them a questionnaire. And that takes me a minute to do. And then my staff, I have a software that manages that they need to clock in, clock out, and I just go on it on a Sunday to send invoices, collect payments, do payroll. So I have, I did a lot of research and making Very sure. efficient. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is, and it works amazing. GoJetters Travel, the same. I have one that is just for travel from the going online, submitting that form, and just me looking at it to see if this is a trip that I want to be the travel agent for, to asking more questions. So I did invest. You have like such a process. Yes, I have really 
that they there was a big learning curve but once i w- once i had it down it's it's been working amazing for me so doing that i am able to focus on a full-time job that mm-hmm. i know is i'm also really big on community building whatever the community that i'm a part of i want to see thriving and this program administrator job that i took is because i'm i was able to I took it when I stepped away from working physically for my businesses because yeah. now I was able to hire more people and not physically go to work yep. and manage my businesses more. So I did have time in my schedule because I was home most of the days yeah. just waiting on my son. So I had time to take this job and then it was a really flexible job. I work remotely from home. I also invested in really great working, a nice desktop high-speed internet, comfortable seating, a nice desk. Yeah. So once I have that, like once I'm in that space, I'm in that space and I'm pretty efficient when I have what I need to. You really are going to retire early, aren't you? Oh, yes. Well, then you're coming here and you're going to be a mentor, advisor. what you could do to our processes here, (laughs) Sam? Actually, I'm going to get Dave an internship with you. Is that cool? (laughs) Yes. I think he could learn a thing or two. That would be uh, most welcome for sure. I would be more than happy to. What's your next business? Right now, I'm just cruising. Um, also, you know, being a soccer mom, it's amazing. And yeah, I, you gotta enjoy it while he's still little. I know. Right now, he's telling me that he needs privacy. Oh. <laughs> I'm dreading that moment. I'm, mommy, I need some space. Oh, shuts his door in my face, but it's temporary. Yeah, come around. He's again. just nine, telling me to call him a preteen, but. <laughs> But, you know, now I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I Like I say, my next big thing would be for Things from Yad. I don't have another business plan right now, or, or do I want to? I mean, there are many other things that I can do, but I don't. I wouldn't do it because I really love it. Yeah. Whatever I'm doing now is I, it's really right here in my heart. And it's just perfecting it, perfecting it like, okay, I, this is how I started. Now I need to evolve here, make changes there, make changes here. So I'm just working on, you know, making things better. And you it, you just have so much opportunity with, within those existing it's, businesses, yeah. like, yeah. you know, Windsor Home Care. As Vermont continues to age, that issue is not going to yeah. go away. And having folks that are professional and empathetic like yeah. you is such a gift to our community. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Are there? We have one final question before we wrap up. But are there other things that groups like VSAT or other support organizations could do for other entrepreneurs that you think would be particularly helpful and accessible? Yeah, um, one of the things that I that re, that is really lacking here, especially for somebody like me, want to start a mm-hmm. business that don't need. Well, I started without an overhead, mm-hmm. but you know there are other people who has business plan that need a lot of money injected in their business. So access to capital, or you know, like okay, this is where you can get a thousand dollars to start your business. Yeah, you know, like that is easy. That people won't have to jump through hoops, and after jumping through the second hoop, you're burnt. Yeah, before even starting your business. So making that process easier to say, here is something for you to start. Because I remember how important it was for me. When that family gave me two extra months with their parents just so I could have money coming in. So access to capital and 
not a lot of people will go ahead and do research like me to see, okay, this is how I do a business plan. This is how I find clients. This is how I market. This is network, go out, talk, yeah. and, I'm, and making space more inclusive. Like, okay, you're welcome. Because I remember coming to the, going to that first female founders event and my now boss, Melissa Bounty, I invited her to that event the first time. And then she invited me to this roundtable talk at, um, it was a really nice roundtable talk, but I was able to network and I've met amazing people that are now really, they've played really important roles in who I am today. Just sometimes if just even sending me an email to say, we're proud of you, here's somebody that would love for you to connect to it. And you know, just that. So creating more inclusive spaces, um, easier access to funding. You know, I'm not saying give somebody 100K. I mean, sometimes do give somebody 100K because that's what they need. But simpler things to just to encourage and to push and say, you can do it. Or like my friends did, look at my business plan and they read it for me and they're like, okay, you need to change this. Or they just listen to me talk about my businesses. Like they're like, practice with us. How would you talk about Windsor Home Care to sell it? And they listen, you know, just um, so that for me, those are the two things that I, when I was starting that I looked at that weren't really, I mean, from I was new, so maybe it was there, but it wasn't easily accessible. I couldn't find it. it totally. I, I wasn't able to find it. So, yeah. It, that's really, really helpful. Yeah. Awesome. Me? Yay. Yeah, go for it, Sam. Okay. Um, magic wand question. Mm -hmm. If you could change one thing about Vermont today, what would you change? Um, what are the, what's is I don't want to. You have superpowers. <laughs> you don't want to get in trouble. Um, I would try to make people work together a little bit more, and not be so. Is counterproductive the word, or they work against themselves? Yeah. Where you know there would be an issue, but instead of working on ways to fix it they talk about it and add more to the issue. And I'm always like, why not just get together and fix it or find somebody to fix it instead of putting more gas to the fire and making it a bigger one? Totally. So, I mean, that's what I would change because, well, I avoid those situations because I don't like stress. Yeah. I, I have a lot going on, so I want... Anything outside that is going to cause me stress, I stay away from it. So I'm always home, working. And just it's, it's just to avoid those situations. Because if I am not able to fix something or to be a positive part of what is going to fix it, I try not to get involved. And people do get involved in things that they're not adding anything good to it, but just making it a bigger problem. Right. Like, let's be solutions-oriented yeah. and use our community to solve these problems. Right. So that is what I would change because yeah. Vermont is its an amazing place. I love Vermont. And I came here and I was like, um, it's rural, it's country, like where, I'm, where I grew up. It reminds me so much of my home, yeah. minus the snow. It's cold. cold. I was going to say, did you notice <laughs> the temperature difference? Yeah. yeah. The, oh, yeah. But I grew up right next to the ocean and I live right next to the lake right now and... 
the trees and it's farming and it's rural. It's I live in a, I grew up in a small town and I mean Vermont is much more develop, developed, but it it has the same bones. Yeah. And one of the things that where I'm from is it's a, the community and how people work together. I always tell people that whenever there's an hurricane in Jamaica, we never we don't have anybody coming to help to rebuild. But the community would get together if 20 houses were destroyed. We would get together as a group and tackle one house at a time. Mm. So people would gather whatever they could and just know there's a big group of community members coming around. And we're going to cook a big pot of food, play some music, and we're going to rebuild the house. And we would do that day by day until the community's thriving again. And that is, I still have that in me to... Like, what's the solution? How can we fix this? And I'm always looking for. And if I can't, I try not to add any more to it than is already there. Well, we could use some of that around here now. So <laughs> yes. thank you so much. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. I, I can't. I can't believe I'm here. I love having you here. <laughs> I'm just glad to hear you're sleeping at night. Yeah, oh yeah, I sleep. Right? I maybe we're sleeping too much. Yeah. Now. Like, I maybe sleep. I go problem. to the gym at 5 a.m. And I sleep. Now I start going to my bed at like around seven, eight. Okay, good. And then I go to the and it's really it's been really great just being in the gym, lifting weights. Oh, it's like so, energy. Oh yeah, same. Yeah. All right. So you are human, superhuman, but human. That's good. <laughs> um, and thank you again for joining Sam and me here today. At thank you so much for having me. It's it's a pleasure. I've been always wanting to be here. The next thing I'm gonna be on the female phone. Yeah. Oh, boom. All right. <laughs> I'm stowing that one away. All right. This has been Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. The series supported by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Sam, you know what we're having for lunch today? Curry go. Curry go. We're out of here. <laughs>